You are listening to the teaching ministries of Southwest Church, located in the heart of Springboro, Ohio, at 150 Remick Boulevard, beside the Kaufman Family YMCA. Please visit our website at www.southwestchurch.org. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Senior Minister Roger Hendricks. We're glad that uh, each and every one of you have chosen to begin your year here at Southwest. And I uh, wasn't quite sure what to expect, you know, and Sunday only happens every six or seven years. I, I you know, with leap year, it throws it off there. But uh, uh, where where Christmas and New Year's Day falls on uh, on Sunday. But uh, we're thrilled that you've uh, chosen to be here. Hopefully, over the Christmas season, you had a very meaningful, hopefully restful and refreshing holiday season. As we now look forward to beginning a new year, Jay and I uh, took a few days off and. Um, uh, enjoyed uh, having our three children uh, home and their spouses home for uh, the holidays, and it was great. Uh, if I sound a little bit hoarse, I've got a cough drop in. Uh, my granddaughter, two-year-old granddaughter, was in town, and and by the way, you wouldn't expect me not to have a picture to show you. So, here's a picture of my granddaughter Jacqueline, who's two years old, and uh, you know you'd think that you'd learn because uh, you know. We haven't built up, as grandparents, being a state away, we haven't built up immunity to her. And every time she comes, it seems like she's got some kind of bug, and we just hug and kiss on her, and and then uh, she leaves, and then Jay and I get sick, you know, go figure. And so hopefully, eventually, we'll learn, but uh, we had a wonderful time with our family and, and uh, wanted to share just a couple photos, bear with me, uh, in addition to this picture of Jacqueline, but uh, this is a picture of my son and his wife that just celebrated their first anniversary. They live in Michigan, and you probably can't see from that picture, but they're opening a present from us. Um, it's a crib, okay, a little portable crib because they're expecting. So uh, grandbaby number two is on the way, and uh, so that means you get more pictures in 2017. Uh, and sorry about that, but... Uh, but we are thrilled uh, to have another grandchild. But, and I want to share, just if you can bear with me, just one mo- more moment. Uh, probably my favorite picture of our Christmas time together as a family. This is a picture of us opening presents, and that's my daughter, uh, Emily, uh, holding up uh, an outfit for her niece. And uh, uncles and aunts behind her are real excited about this diva outfit that Jacqueline uh, received, and she can be a bit of a diva at two years old. But, but uh, you know, what I was thrilled about in this picture is that she is so engrossed in the book that she had just opened up that she's not even paying attention uh, to the glitz and glamour around her. And we are thrilled, Jay and I, that she loves books. I w- would say, I said first service that she w- loves reading books. She's, she's pretty advanced, but she's not reading at age two. But she will sit and turn the pages and talk out loud and go through her books, and we love that. And we hope she never loses her fascination with books. 
But that photo kind of reminded me that we can get caught up in the glitz and glamour of life and even the holidays, and we can lose sight of the more meaningful. And throughout this series of messages that we're concluding today, we've talked about unwrapping Christmas, and we've illustrated a different uh, principle or different portion of the Christmas story each week by unwrapping a present and putting an object up on the shelf up here. And we have one more present to unwrap. Um, And by the way, I really gave the media guys a hard time first hour because I started unwrapping this and they flashed up on the screen what's inside it. And I said, well, why'd I even unwrap it? So so they're going to wait just a minute here, okay? This is the last gift or box that we're going to unwrap during this series. And in it are some Christmas gifts of the past, okay? And these were actually some toys that I got from my mother's that I played with as a kid, okay? And they don't make toys like this anymore. I mean, these are metal. This is a metal dump truck, and this is a metal Greyhound bus. I mean, they just don't make toys like that. Some of you say, well, I'm glad they don't. But anyways, um, they're kind of rusted and mangled. And some of you say, yeah, because you're old. But, you know, uh, but that's just kind of the way sometimes Christmas gifts can be. You know, we get so caught up in it. We get excited in the moment. And we get caught up in that new gadget, that new toy. But unfortunately, with time, it can grow old and even rust and get mangled. I, I... I'm fascinated with toys and how uh, trends you see. And this year, and I'm curious if anybody, the the big deal this year was, have you heard of the Hatchimals? Okay. And, and, and I, no one had one first hour. Did anybody have a Hatchimal in their family? Okay. No, nobody's admitting it if you did, okay? But this, this is the big toy this year, and I don't know if you heard about it, but it's this Hatchimal egg that you open up, the kids open up, and they play with an egg for several days. And uh, I saw Jimmy Fallon, he busted open with a hammer. I don't think that's the way you're supposed to do it. But anyways, uh, you, you play with it, and the more attention you give this egg eventually it will hatch, okay? And there's this furry creature inside it. And uh, so if any of you had a Hatchimal show up at your home, please talk to me because I'm really eager to hear a couple things. One, how long does it take to play with the egg before it hatches? The second is how long are the kids interested in the toy once it hatches, okay? Because these went for like $80 retail, and they were on the, I mean, they were going for hundreds of dollars before Christmas. And, and when I heard that, I went, wow, and I wonder how long kids will even play with this toy. You see, we can get so caught up in the moment. We can so get caught up in what is the new and the, the novel. But then... At times, then with time, it fades, and we lose interest. As we close out this series of Unwrapping Christmas, I, my hope, my prayer, as we've talked all month long about the, the ultimate gift of God's Son, as He sent His Son to this earth, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas. 
But as we close out this series, my hope is that as Christmas passes, that we won't lose our appreciation for God's ultimate gift. But then instead, we will treasure deeply the, the gift of God's Son and how this is a gift that continues to replenish us and renew us and, and change us as we go through life. And so as we start this new year, we wanted just to begin with that reflection from Christmas. Now, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day service, we spent time talking about how the Gospel of John describes uh, Jesus' entrance into the world. And we spent time unpacking fourteen, the first 14 verses of John chapter 1. And kind of as a continuation from that, we want to read three verses that came after that. In John chapter 1, in verses 16 through 18, after John's described how that the Son of God, the living Word, became human, became flesh in Jesus Christ. This is what he says next in verse 16. From His abundance, Jesus Christ, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. I love that description of of God's uh, abundant grace that's made available in Jesus Christ. I like how the Message Bible reads the same three verses. So, so bear with me as I read it again from another translation. Uh, somebody asked me, how many translations do you read? Well, typically for every message, I get out about five to seven translations to see how we can best understand these portions of Scripture. So in the Message Bible, this is how it reads. We all live off His generous bounty, gift after gift after gift. We got the basics from Moses. And then this exuberant giving and receiving, this endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus, the Messiah. No one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse, this one-of-a-kind God expression who exists at the very heart of the Father has made him plain as day. In these powerful verses, we're reminded that God reveals himself to us through his Son and that all meaningful, lasting blessings are found in Christ. And as we begin this new year, and as many of us are making New Year's goals or resolutions, in fact, I'm one of those people. Now, I saw on social media yesterday, somebody said their resolution is to make no resolutions, okay? So maybe that's your mentality or your philosophy, but I'm one of those people that every, I love January 1st because I love this idea of newness. I love this idea of starting over, new beginnings. And so every year I write out goals. In fact, I started that process yesterday. I started handwriting out some goals and and I'm going to work on it some more today and probably tomorrow. And I'll end up typing those out and I'll end up sharing those with others that can hold me accountable to to live out 
those goals. And if you're a goal setter like me, my hope is that at the top of your 2017 goal list is to draw near to a relationship with Christ, to draw closer to Him in 2017. Because as these passages just read, He is the way to the very heart of the Father. He's the source of God's blessings for our life. And there's no greater goal for this coming year that you can set individually and that we can set as a church as that to be more following Jesus, being his disciple, his student, his learner, and in turn influencing others, making disciples by influencing others to be followers of his as well. We also see in this opening reading that In Christ, we find this generous bounty, this gift after gift after gift. You see, Christmas isn't something you just open at Christmas and say, okay, let's celebrate Jesus and then put him on the shelf and forget about him. But he continues to pour gifts into our life. You know, as a church, we've experienced and continue to experience God's generosity in our lives as a church. You know, 2016 was a good year for us as a church. We saw growth in attendance. We, we saw an increase in giving. Uh, we, we've ended the year very strong financially, for which I'm very grateful. And, and I don't think anything makes that point clearer than our special offering in November that we had a goal. What, what some people even said, why do you set goals so high? We goal of $70,000 on one Sunday and uh, one weekend, and, and the church responded in a beautiful way. We far surpassed that. We had almost $90,000 given. And we just see God continuing to bless that. And that special offering was to help furnish phase two, to, to be very high-tech for our kids and for our students. And so we're grateful that we're right on the threshold of getting into phase two and, and then renovating this area to be a teen center for more junior high and high school students. So we're just excited about how God is faithful. Coming off the end of 2016, uh, we saw the biggest, uh, on record, the biggest Christmas Eve, Christmas Day uh, crowd we've ever had. If you saw in the bulletin, we had almost 600 people come to one of our services, and, and that was a great way Uh, to end 2016. And yet, I'm looking forward to even a better year in 2017. I'm looking forward to us being introduced to more new people that are coming to learn about Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what God wants to do new in each of our lives individually as we grow in our relationship with Christ. You see, this relationship that that the Bible uh, talks about, that Jesus invites us to, is a is a continual replenishing relationship. It's one where we continually are renewed by. Jesus talked about that in one of his conversations with one of my favorite conversations in John records in John chapter four, where he talks to this woman who had a checkered past. And and he meets her at this well where they're drawing water. And so It starts out, she thinks he's talking about the water from the well, but he's talking about a water that he wants to give her. It's living water. Let's read about it. In John 4, in verse 10, Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God 
and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink. And I would give you fresh living water. Now, she's a little confused. She thinks it's coming from the well. And then in verse 13 and 14, Jesus clears it up. Jesus said, everyone that drinks this water, the water from the well, will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. I love that. Jesus says, you know, if you look to things in this earth and this world, it's going to run out. You're not going to be replenished, filled up by that. But if you look to me for sustenance, Jesus says, then you'll find real renewal. So yes, we're extremely grateful for the, God's generosity in our lives as a church in the past, but we're looking forward to, to our best days yet ahead. As we continue to grow in our relationship with Christ, as we continue to see more clearly that He wants to continually make us new. In fact, to launch into that, beginning next weekend, we're going to start a five-week message series where actually we're going to go through, uh, I think, a, a very fascinating book of the Bible. It's called First Peter. It's a book written by Peter, and there's five chapters. So we're going to spend five weeks. We're going to spend a week on each chapter. And we're going to look at some of the promises and some of the teachings in First Peter of how that God wants to make us new, that we are to be made new in Christ. And that, that is true for that 20-something uh, person that's just beginning to follow Jesus. It's true for that person that has been following Jesus for 20-some years or more. It's true for a church that's ready to mark its 20th anniversary. As you see, 2017 is going to be our 20th year as a church. And so one of the challenges that we've given uh, to all of our ministry staff and our ministry leaders is let's, let's make 2017 that year of new, new things, new initiatives, new ministries, new outreaches. Even the stuff that maybe we've done in the past, how can we put a new wrinkle to it? How can we lean in and allow God's Spirit to make us new as a church. And so I hope that you'll come back next weekend and each weekend of that series. I hope you'll invite others to see this incredible promise how Jesus Christ, we can be made new. And then I hope you can begin to dream with me is what are the new ways that we can carry out ministry here at Southwest? What are new initiatives that we can begin, that we've never done before? What are new ways that we can show our love for God, our love for people, our desire to serve the community? What are new ways that we can share Jesus with others? You see, we want to continue to look for the new because that's the life that Jesus has invited us to. How about you? Are you living and enjoying and, and finding great meaning in living that new life? Or have you got stuck in the old? You know, January 1st is a great time to say, okay, it's out with the old and in with the new. 
one of the things I, I, I love about uh, 12-step programs is just that they're so practical. And one of the sayings of 12-step support groups is that when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's a sign that you're ready to do something about your life problems. Instead of just wishing and hoping things were better, you begin to be intentional and plan and take steps to be different, to be made new. What intentional plans do you have to be made new and to grow in your relationship with Christ this this year? Now, this is not simply positive thinking. Somebody might say, well, you're just a positive thinker. Yes, yes, I try to be. But at the same time, it goes deeper than that. It's not just about positive outlooks and listening to, to, to you know, reading some self-help book. Because in Scripture, we learn that we can have confidence that in Christ we can be made new and continually made new. That's one of the promises uh, of God, of the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. That this new life is not just a mirage or empty promise, but it's truly possible because of what Jesus taught that he would send his spirit to live within each of his followers. I love how Jesus describes the help that's available. Near the end of Jesus' ministry in John, recorded, he begins to let his first followers know that he was going to leave this earth. But he comforted them that he was going to send help. Listen to how he describes that in John 14, verses 16 through 18. He says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I love this promise from Jesus to these first followers. He's saying, listen, I'm going to leave the earth, but... But don't worry, don't be fearful. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to send the Spirit, and He will be your helper. Now, I love this introduction that Jesus gives us to the role of the Holy Spirit, that He's given to help us live out the life that Jesus has called us to. Now, I think there's all kinds of different views on the Holy Spirit, and, and I know growing up, I grew up in a little uh, country church in southern Indiana, and we read out of the King James Version of the Bible, and anytime we read about the Holy Spirit, it was described in the King James Version as Holy Ghost, okay? Now, as a kid growing up, that was just kind of scary to me. It was, a, you know, a little bit spooky, you know, because ghost, but really the, the, the term is better translated spirit. And the way Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit to these first followers is that he is a helper. That's nothing spooky about that or scary about that at all. He's saying, I'm going to send the Spirit and he's going to come and help you. And he's going to empower you. Now, one specific way he mentions here is that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Now, he he worked in a very powerful way in the past through the prophets or writing down the Old Testament. He worked in a very powerful way through those first 
followers called apostles. They wrote down the New Testament. And so one of the one of the gifts or one of the blessings of the Holy Spirit is that we have Scripture today, the, the, the God-inspired writings that we can read and learn from and, and uh, apply to our life. Now, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, and as we talk about the Holy Spirit working in our lives, it's important for us to always remember that the same Spirit that inspired people to write down Scripture is the same spirit that lives within the Christian. And so the spirit is never going to lead you to do something inconsistent with what the Bible says because it's the same spirit. And that's why we encourage people here at Southwest to get into Scripture, to read the Bible on a regular basis so that you can be aware of the spirit of truth and and how he will speak into your life through Scripture. So every January, we make it our practice to encourage people to find a plan, to come up with some plan to read the Bible in this coming year. Now, maybe you read the Bible on your phone, and maybe you could find a phone app that will help walk you through different Bible passages. If that works for you, great. But out in the lobby, you'll see a number of other reading plans that are on paper. We've got a one-year plan where you can read through the entire Bible in a year. We've got a two-year plan. That's the one I've been on. I'm on year four, okay? Now, to read through the Bible, I'm, I'm doing the second loop, okay? But, but I've loved that because it's, it's just enough to give me something to think about every day. But it's not so much that it's overwhelming. Some of you have started these Bible reading plans before, and you get to February, and you're already 15 days behind, and you think, why why go with this? Okay, so we want to encourage you, find a a schedule, a pace that works for you. For some, maybe I saw some people pick it up first hour, going through the entire New Testament in 2017. Maybe that'd be a starting point for you. Maybe for some of you that just kind of knew the Bible, you're saying, well, wait a minute, making a commitment for the whole year is intimidating. Well, how about for the first month? What if just in January, you read one proverb every day? There's 31 proverbs. And the proverbs are written to give us wisdom, to learn truth and wisdom. Maybe if you just start there, reading one proverb every day and allow God through his spirit to speak truth into your life. You see, so often when it comes to New Year's resolutions, it's about things people want to stop, like smoking, drinking, or overeating. But maybe this year, it's good to think about what are some things you can start doing? What are some disciplines? Maybe like daily Bible reading, setting aside daily prayer time. What are some practical things you can do to be intentional, to lean in, to allow God's Spirit to be at work in your life? So yes, one of the greatest gifts of the Spirit is the written Scriptures, and yet we don't want to make sure that we don't confine our discussion of the Holy Spirit to simply the written Word of God that the Spirit inspired. And yet, as we think about Christmas, the, the promise of Christmas is that Jesus came to dwell among us. The promise that Jesus gives to those who will follow Him is that God will dwell in us through His Spirit. You see, we sing Emmanuel, God among us. The good news of the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit is that God will live within us and empower us. This is the promise of the gift of the Spirit. 
This is how it was first taught and explained after the resurrection of Jesus in Acts chapter 2. And this is something we celebrate every time somebody's baptized here at Southwest. Peter replied in the very first gospel message to a crowd that had responded by saying, how do we respond to the message of the cross and, and, and resurrection? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, as these early Jesus followers were baptized, they had confidence, they had assurance that they would receive forgiveness of sins, and they would receive the gift of God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That promise is still true and available today, and we celebrate that every time someone's baptized here, that they can have assurance they're forgiven, and God's Spirit dwells within them. That was good news to me back at 19, when I was 19 years old and was baptized. It's still good news to me today, many years later, that that Spirit lives within me to empower me to change and grow. And if you're a Christian, that's the promise to you as well. The Apostle John described this incredible gift in this way. In 1 John 4, 4, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in the world. You see, for a Christian, we don't have to fear the future. We can look to the future with great anticipation and hope because the Spirit of God who lives within the Christian is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. The psalmist describing the help of God, we have the helper living within us as Jesus followed. The psalmist wrote, with your help, I can advance against the truth. With my God, I can scale a wall. How much more confident should Jesus' followers be than even the people of the Old Testament because we have the promise of the Spirit of God, the helper living within us. What are your dreams, plans, and intentions for this coming year? With the help of God and His Spirit, what changes is God prompting you to make? What new thing is God calling you to attempt to accomplish in His name? You see, for the Christian, we have this incredible promise of the help of God's Spirit. But also, not only do we have the gift of the Spirit, but we also have the gifts of the Spirit. Later in the Bible, the apostle Paul described it this way. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Prior to our Christmas series, we spent eight weeks examining as a church what it means to live that more abundant life. And we talked about a big part of living that more abundant life in Christ is learning how God has gifted each individual in unique ways. And we invited everybody through that series, both on our messages on the weekend, but also in our small groups, to to really lean in and learn what our unique identities were in Christ and and, and what what gifts God had given us and and what unique mission could we... uh, 
be a part of because of those gifts? And what unique areas could we serve in the church and in the community through that giftedness? My hope is that even though we've experienced Christmas and the series that went through that, that we've not forgotten the, the lessons we learned from that. And as we begin this new year, I wanted to call that to your memory because maybe some of us need to, to dust off the dust off of that, that workbook we did in small groups and, and go back and revisit, how does God want to be at work in my life in 2017? A passage that we read and reread in that series is Ephesians 4. And I, I want to read it to you from the easy to read version, okay? Ephesians 4, verse 7 through 8. Christ gave each one of us a special gift. Everyone received what he wanted to give them. That's why the scriptures say he went up high into the sky. He took prisoners with him and he gave gifts to people. Personally, I found the Moore series very inspiring. And I've been praying and really asking God ever since then, how do you want to use me in new ways in this coming year? How do you want to use the gifts you've given me to serve you and to be a blessing to others? I hope you'll ask yourself those same questions. I came across this quote this week from a leadership coach. He says, once we discover our gifts and what moves us, the whole world takes on a new energy. Our life becomes a thing of spiritual significance. So as we begin this new year, have you discovered that new energy that comes from discovering your personal spiritual gifts? And are you willing to lean in and, 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 and pray and, and be willing to have the courage to, to try new things in 2017? Be a part of a ministry here at Southwest you've never been a part of. Maybe uh, be a part of new outreach efforts. My hope is that as our small groups begin to meet back in January, that, that we can help each other really revisit that and help each other be accountable to one another to live that new life in Christ and to live lives with spiritual significance. By the way, one of the best ways to make sure our resolutions, our goals, and our plans don't simply remain as wishes and hopes, is to have people in our life that can help us with them. Maybe it's an individual accountability partner. Maybe it's people in your small group. Maybe you're not a part of a small group. Maybe that'd be a New Year's resolution for you in 2017 to become a part of a small group so that you can learn how to live this, these principles we talk about on the weekend out in practical practical ways. Well, as we conclude our time together and prepare for a time of communion, which we observe and celebrate every weekend here at Southwest, I want to read those last two verses of that, that final passage I pointed to in Ephesians 4, because I thought it was a fitting way to close out this Christmas series. In Ephesians 4, verses 9 and 10, it says, when it says he went up, talking about Christ, he went up. What does it mean? It means that he first came down low to earth. So Christ came down, and he is the same one who went up. 
He went up above the highest heaven in order to fill everything with himself. You know, at Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus, the Son of God, came down from heaven to earth. Today, we've talked about the role of the Spirit and how the Holy Spirit will empower us to live new lives. And that was possible because when Jesus left the earth, he promised that he would send and give the Holy Spirit to his followers. But there's something that happened very significant in between his coming down to earth and his ascending back to heaven is that he died on a cross. Now, the good news is the cross wasn't the end of the story. He came back from the dead three days later. But the cross is significant because all these gifts of forgiveness, the indwelling of the Spirit would not have been possible if Jesus hadn't completed his mission on earth to die for us, to give us that opportunity for new life. As we take communion this first day of 2017, let's ask ourselves, how are we responding to that gift? As we take the bread, as we take the juice, remember Jesus' sacrifice. Let's resolve in our hearts that this year we will follow after him with all of our hearts. Let's pray to him. Dear God, thank you. Thank you that you sent your son to this earth. We're so thankful that the grave couldn't hold him. That when he went to the cross, he died, and we're grateful for that sacrifice. We're going to celebrate that now in this time of communion. And yet we're grateful that he came back from the dead. He ascended to be with you. But we're thankful that he didn't leave us as orphans. That he gave us your spirit. Help us, Father, to really lean in and learn this year what it means to be led by your spirit. Help us truly be made new. Thank you. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can be made new. It's in his name we pray. Thank you for listening to Southwest Church Teaching Ministries. We are a community of people committed to following Jesus and making disciples. Please join us for one of our three weekly gatherings, Saturdays at 5.30 p.m., Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and 11.15 a.m.